tension. No more struggle. No more challenges. No more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said, after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage. The battle of your business. The battle of your finances. The battle of your sickness. The battle of your shame. The battle of your disgrace. The battle of your setback. The battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said, you will rest from your battle. face of your weddings, parties, family and social gatherings or any form of event with services from Jace Cakes and Floral Institute your number one one stop shop in the provision of catering services, decor and event management. Jace Cakes and Floral Institute also caters for your child's future career with an excellent teaching and practical training in cake techniques, decor floral arrangement, bridal makeup and event management. With an SHS or JHS qualification you can enroll at Jace Case and Floral Institute for a successful career in the culinary art industry, leading to an MVTI certificate upon completion. Locate Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute at Adringano School Junction. You can also call for your special orders and enquiries on 0208-888-044 and on the World Wide Web on www.jscakesinstitute.com. Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute, your place of excellence and innovation. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, is they gone. I'm sharing all the secrets to happy relationship. The secrets to happy relationships. Anything concerning relationship doesn't just happen. Um, it happens in an atmosphere where things are put in the right perspective. So there are secrets to any happy relationship. So if you want your relationship to be happy, these things are the secrets that are there. You have to understand that dating and marriage is different than it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago, or 30 years ago, or 70 years ago. Dating and marriage is not the same. Um, those days, you realize so many years, uh, not far, though uh, you have instances where when somebody wants to marry, um, your family can have time to go and check the background of the man or the woman. And this check is not a bias check, but this is a genuine check. And they will be able to come out to let you know um, if there's some sickness in the family line of the man or the woman. Um, if in their family they are known to be women who don't stay together with the man, they are promiscuous or whatever it is. Or the men are like that. They like changing women. All those things. They will be able to know whether there is a curse running through that family. Um, whether it's a family that is quarrelsome or it's a family that is um, God-fearing. Um, they will also get to know whether the lady has well been cultured or trained. Um, there are instances where they even can allow you to get closer to your in-laws for them to have their own assessment of who you are and, and so many things. And you realize that in those days, because of some of those things, it makes marriages last 
and um, it's it before somebody will pick a lady to say, I want to marry you, you realize that uh, you are not making wrong. I mean, you are not making the wrong choice at all. But you and I will agree with me that so many years down the lane, it's not like that again. People can meet on the streets and the next day they are husband and wife. And it's acceptable. Um, without knowing themselves, without even knowing uh, what is going on, and they jump on each other's back and they said their husband and wife. So you realize that the way choosing and marrying was before, that is in the so many years before now, it is not like that again. And you know that those days they can even recommend. Um, your parents can see their friends, son, and they've been family friends for a long time, and they know each other um, very well. And they know the child, they know you growing up, they know everything. And at the end of the day, they are able to put the two of you together. And it worked perfectly without any challenge. Now, it is not like that. Parents don't even know their children. Um, children don't know their parents. Uh, when a parent is thinking that my daughter is a virgin, um, <laughs> the daughter is a wild cat somewhere. When the man thinks, oh, my son is a very good boy. He's a very good boy. He doesn't like talking. He's a gentle, nice boy. He doesn't even know women. I've not seen him with a woman before. Uh, the guy is a serious Casanova. More than a dog. And then a whole lot. So, these days, even arrangements doesn't work. Because uh, it has created a lot of problems. People can also meet themselves and they don't know themselves very well. They say, oh, I feel for you and I love you and I think that is, the be- that is alone. That alone is okay. We can go ahead and marry. Amen. Amen. Those days, I mean, so many years down the lane, you can go ahead. But now, it's quite dangerous to, to, to go that way. So, more than 50% of all marriages fail for one reason or another. Just thinking about that makes commitment seem scary. When you see the way marriages are falling apart, left, right, center, middle, by the side, and everywhere, right from the, the home of the presidents of all nations, presidents, bishops, pastors, politicians, seasoned, renowned businessmen, and to the ordinary man on the streets, if you see the way divorce rates are being recorded or marriages are breaking apart, um, it makes commitment very, very scary. But like I said, in those days, it's very easy for you to commit to something because your parents have done a very good background check. And believe you me, it is the best. You come together and that is it. But now, it's not like that. So when you are committing to something, you are not sure whether it's going to work or it's not going to work. You are gambling it. It's a gamble. Amen. Uh, It's just like your eyes are blindfolded. And so you don't even know your environment. Whether you are stepping on the road. Or you are at the edge of the road. Or you are about to fall into a ditch. You just don't know. You are at the mercy of everything. And now a day is relationship and marriage has become like that. It seems that when relationships are faced with challenges. People quit trying. People quit trying. It has been proven that any time your relationship comes under challenges, people 
stopped to try or to try to work out because like I've done all that I need to do. One great man put it this way, he said, I have tried to heal the wounds, but the bone is not healing. So there is nothing I can do than to cut it off. And that is his statement for divorce. What it simply means is that he's genuinely tried to repair or to take care of the challenges in his matrimonial home, irrespective of the problems that are going on, do his utmost best to make sure that they forgive each other and work at it, but it was not working. So he's gotten to the point where he doesn't want to try again because he doesn't see the possibility of his trying bringing him the result he's looking for. It becomes easy for you to try when in your trying you see positive results. Because believe you me, none of us is perfect and none of us is okay. All of us in one way or the other, we have our challenges and our weaknesses. I hope you're understanding me. But the greatest gift is that anytime our weaknesses comes up, we yield to help. We yield to help. And out of the help, we become better one stage or the other. All of us, I was telling somebody today that I didn't get to where I am today. But I started from somewhere. But one thing that helped me is that every step of the way, I yield myself to change. So Bible says that to whom you yield your members unto, unto whom you become servant unto. If you yield your members unto righteousness, you become righteous. If you yield it unto sin, you become sin. So it's important to know that how you surround her to the thing is critical. But when you don't, because it takes two to tango, when one is working on it and the other is adamant, then you realize that you are just pushing against a wall that so people try and they quit trying. Dating is more like a marathon. Dating is more like a marathon. When you are dating somebody, and, 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 and one may ask, so what, what is dating? Let's try to see how we can, define, we can define it. How we can define dating. So that you can understand what I'm talking about. There is difference between dating and courtship. Amen. There is difference between dating and courtship. It's more like a moment or a time where Things need to be able to work. So during dating, it is not a time you are having talking of sex or talking of anything or um, or anything. But it's just simply time you want to get to know yourself. Are you there with me? It's a time where you need to get to know yourself. To do an activity with someone you have, might have romantic relationship with. To go on a date or several dates with someone. So it's it's just a moment where you are trying to know yourself. So you can decide to go anywhere, get to know yourself. What is your temperament? What do you do? And all, what are your favorite colors? Whatever. And those times, dating doesn't have so much strings attached. Are you there with me? It doesn't have so much strings attached. It is more, you can call it more of a casual relationship. But most times that you realize that now dating is more serious. Are you following my point? You caught when you're about to marry. After dating and you are sure that this is the lady or the man I want to be with, then you start courting. So courting now pulls you away to more of a serious decision zone. This time you are going to talk about marriage, talk about children, talk about business, talk about property, talk about how you are going to live your life. I mean, you talk about more serious issues than you can think of. 
because you are going to settle down with that person. That is where courtship comes in. But during dating, you can you are not you are not sure of yourself. Are you there with me? You are not sure whether you are going to be with that person or be with that person or be with that guy or be with this guy. So you make it casual. It's open. Are you getting my point? I'm not tied to you. We can go out. I'll get to know you. You get to know me. I've not said yes to your proposal. Amen. But right now, what we know is that we say, tell me, say yes. I say, say yes, say yes. If you don't say yes. Uh, so we are allowing last in the place of love. So immediately the person also says yes. The next thing you visit, no, can you visit me in my home? And then she also gets there, start cooking, and before you know, they end up in bed. So they don't get to know themselves better, and then they end up into what you can call a marriage. So already the foundation was not all that right. So when challenges begin to come in, it creates a lot of problems. God allowed dating for us to get to know ourselves better before we can court one another because we now understand who we are and where we are going. Because in dating, the doors are wide open. Are you there with me? I'm not careful about anything. You are not careful about anything. If it doesn't work, we go our separate ways. So we are not attached to anything. But in courtship, we have now known that this is who I want to be with. So we have narrowed our road and we can make certain commitments. Exchange of gifts can start coming in and showing the person to family, to friends, to pastor, to uh, whatever it is that this is the woman I want to marry. That is where courtship comes in. But when you are dating, you keep it more to yourself, to the two of you. Because if you make it open and tomorrow you didn't marry, you will not say somebody has disappointed you. Are you getting me? A lot of people think, a lot of people say somebody disappointed. When you find out, it was on the dating stage. But because they turn the dating stage into sex stage, they find a disappointment there. So during dating, there's no strings attached. You feel free. So you can be free with a lot of guys, a lot of ladies. You are dating all of them. Because you take them out, you go to the restaurant, you chat, you, whilst you are doing that, you are studying to see their temperament and their character. You get to know who his friends are, who her friends are. Is it the kind of friends you want your wife to be among? Is it the kind of friends you want your, your guy to be in? You have your taste already. Don't think marriage, marrying somebody means you are, does not mean you are blind to your taste. Are you there with me? You know what taste you also want. You know what kind of man you want to stay. Because if you don't get what you want in your life, you will not be satisfied. Bible says that when Isaac saw Rebekah, he was at peace. Are you there with me? Because that was what he was looking for to fill the vacuum in his heart concerning his marriage. Do you, do you get it? So you should know it's not that because I want, I want anybody. You can't choose anybody. Amen. You have, to, you have everybody. God gave us what we call our volition, which is our free will, which is our choice. That is why you can't blame God for your marriage. Amen. Whether your marriage succeeds or your marriage fails, you can't blame God for it. He's giving you the free will to choose. So many women working on the earth, so many men working on the earth, from whatever nationality or color, he said choose from any of them. Whether you want a Japanese, Indian, British, whatever, slim, fair, without hair, with hair, or what? <laughs> Amen. So eventually when you settle down, you settle down to something that can take care of your appetite and your desire. A man, when you are walking with into public, you are confident. A woman, when you are walking into public, you are confident. So there are so you don't just 
pick because you have to pick. You pick because there is something you are looking for. So if you don't know what you are looking for, God cannot give you what you are looking for. Amen. And, 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 and please let me tell you this. Um, God has not imposed relationship on us. Right? God has not imposed relationship on us. You, you hear people saying, and, and God said I should marry you. When God has not told me that you should marry me. Amen. If God indeed said you should marry me, then God will also tell me before you get there. You don't need to do the talking for God. So don't let us deceive ourselves with Christian cliche and all those things and said, when I was fasting and praying and all those things, I saw in the dream and all that, and I know you are my right woman. The question is that if you saw it, God should have also showed it to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So those of you who are Christian fanatics, you are so fanatic about things and you, you are so possessed with that one, you are waiting for God to come and hold the man's hand and come and give it to you that this is the man you should marry. Say hallelujah. And God, we don't know, pastor, God was telling me as if the pastor doesn't hear, you hear. Take it from me. God has left choosing for you, not him. He doesn't choose for you. Please get it right. Bottom line, he does not choose for you. That is why he makes you to have wisdom. So he guides you by his spirit. He guides you by his word. So the more, as far as the, you are full of his word, Bible says that how can the young man keep his way pure? It is by hiding the word of God in his heart. That word that I hid in my hand that I may not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you there with me? So it is the word of God that guides you. So your relationship with God and understanding of God and the Holy Spirit will guide you in your selection of who is right for you. Because we know no man now after the flesh, but we know man by the spirit. But God will not go and pull somebody by the ear and said, come on, come. My daughter is here. Come, come, come. Go and marry him. Go and marry him. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't work that way. So if somebody comes to you and tells you, and God said I should marry you, tell him, go to God again. Because God doesn't do it that way. Because tomorrow, God wants you to be responsible for your actions. Now, if God is the one that chose it for you, where is your responsibility? If I select a wife for you to marry, and you are not even ready for it, and I force you to marry that woman because I said, that is what I feel you should marry. And you marry. Tomorrow, if you have a problem, it's very easy to blame. Who will you blame? Oh, come on, talk to me. Who will you blame? Exactly. I was not even ready to marry you. Look at this Wahala too. His pastor, he come telling me, God said, God said, God said. And these are your partners today. So even if the issue that they could have easily been able to solve it, because there is someone to blame, they are not able to solve it. But watch, marriages that can survive every storm is that when the people themselves chose themselves and there is a problem, they will fool to a point, they will say, look, let's stop this foolishness. In any case, we say we love each other. So once we love each other, let's solve our problem. Take note of that. So don't let anyone um, deceive you, a prophet will come and tell you there are instances where prophets have entered into places and they tell people that, look, you and this, you are meant to be partners. So you need to marry yourself. Because God said if you don't marry yourself, you will never succeed in life. 
There has been instances where the pastor is sitting down with his wife. A prophet entered into the church. This, this is a true story I'm telling you. When he was preaching, he said, oh, God is telling me that the, 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 the pastor's wife was not meant for the pastor to marry. There was a lady in the church who normally the spirit of God comes upon him, her, and she serves like the prophetess. Are you getting my portion? Come, you know that. And so she is the one the man should have married. As I'm speaking to you now, it has divided the church, broken everything. Because the man of God also moved. Because God says. There has been husbands and wives who are there. They tell them that no, you are not meant for each other. And the, all kinds of things are happening. Because it is not God talking to you. It's a demon spirit, demonic spirit. God is not the author of confusion. Whenever God speaks to you, like if God should, uh, should speak to me that I should give you money, Eh? and he speaks to you that I will give you money, God will speak to me and I will give you the money. You don't do God's work. God does not need a man to do his work. God visited Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And Cornelius was praying and fasting, genuinely to God by arms. God visited and said, your prayer and your arms giving has come before the Lord as a memorial. Send men now from here to Joppa. For I have my servant Peter there in the house of Simeon the tenor. This is where it is, and this is the street, and this is the street number. Gave him all the details. Immediately, the people left. God, the Spirit of God was in Peter's house. Peter, all of a sudden, felt like I needed food to eat, and then went into a trance. Saw this shit coming down. Saw pigs, snakes, all kinds of things. And whilst he was looking at it, then God spoke to him. In the trance, he woke up. By the time he came out of the trance, there was a knock at his door. These three people entered. They were the Gentiles. And then he got understanding that God wanted him not to despise anything. So instantly he followed them to go to Cornelius' house. And when he got to Cornelius' house, whilst he was speaking to Cornelius and everything, the Holy Spirit fell on them. They started speaking in tongues, which was a manifestation and the truth that God indeed is in this. So God doesn't, you don't force God. Hello? Anywhere God has spoken, he will confirm. Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, Acts chapter 13. For the ministry and the call that I've called them to do. Show me anywhere written in scripture. Where uh, God spoke and he didn't confirm it. Abraham sent his servant. He said, swear unto me. Put, Eliezer, put your hand under my thigh. In other words, put your hand in the most sacred and the private part. In other words, theologians tells you that Eliezer was able to see the private part of his boss. In fact, he held the boss of his, 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 his um, the boss and the manhood of his boss to swear. That is his loins. But in, 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 in writing terms, they use that word figuratively. And he swore to him because he's perpetuating a generation. He is going to hand over the patriotic right to his son Isaac. And he has to make his son marry the right thing. And so he said, Eliezer, you are my servant. Hold this and vow unto me. And he did that and he said, go and look for a woman for me. And when Eliezer was going on, they were listening to what Eliezer said. Eliezer said, God, if you are the God of my, my, my master Abraham, as I'm going right now, wherever I'll get to, that I will sit and I look for food, the water. The first person that will come and fetch water and give me to drink and give my cattle and everything to drink, that will be the woman for my master's son. And indeed, when he got there, a lady came, Rebecca came, fetch water, Gave the man water to drink. doesn't know him. Gave him some to take care of his donkeys. Then he knew. When they got to the house, he realized that 
the place Abraham was sending him to go and pick a woman was exactly the place Rebekah led him to. Because Abraham's nephew or brother was Nahor. And he went to the same place whose son is Lot and Rebekah. Can you imagine it? The guy doesn't know. He's a stranger. He doesn't know the house. But because God was in it, God chose, led him to the house and that was it. So not knowing Rebekah was the person. When they got in there and they did everything, the servant was able to say that this thing is of God. He gave them jewelries and everything. They left. When they were coming from a distance, Isaac has gone meditating and was coming. Saw Rebekah from a distance. The servant has not told Isaac that this is the woman I want to marry for you. But Rebekah also doesn't know Isaac. But from a distance, when Rebekah saw Isaac, he asked the boss, who is this young man coming from that distance? And he said, that is my boss, servant. Then Rebekah got down and covered her face. Then when Isaac also saw her, Isaac said, wow. And then when he got to Isaac, Bible said that the servant didn't even talk. Isaac carried the lady straight to his mother's chamber. And Bible said that he was fulfilled and comforted from that forward. This is God. Not you forcing it. So it's important for us to differentiate between frustration and the genuine voice of God. And between last and the genuine voice of God. You saw the lady and you think the only way you can anacazo the lady is to use biblical terms. Jesus loves you, so do I. Say, turn to one another and tell them, I love you. When he finished, he said, you see, even pastor said it. I love you. Please. It doesn't work that way. You, you date, you cut, and then you marry. Can I hear an amen? amen? It seems that when relationships are faced with challenges, people quit trying. Dating is more like a marathon. Trying to date as many people as possible. Instead of taking time to get to know someone at a deeper Level. I've already told you, date as many people as possible to know them. For married couples, divorce is not by us. Whether married for 30 years or 8 months, the outcome can be the same. The outcome can be the same. In fact, if you should bring about 20 people to interview them of divorce, they will tell you the same thing. They will tell They always said they got to a point they couldn't. They think they cannot handle it again. So that is why we have to just go. But if at that point, they understood themselves that, look, we can work it. And both sides admitted their challenge and everything, believe you me, they could have gone through with it. But when one side is not trying to admit, the other can do whatever it is, it doesn't work that way. Are you learning something here? The fact is that relationships, whether dating or married, are hard. You can write. The fact is, relationships, whether dating or married, are hard. It is not easy. It is hard. So don't take it it, to me, it is easy. It's not easy. It's not an easy road. Sometimes we deceive ourselves to think that the thing is so easy. So when it happens, we have a problem. It's not easy. It is hard. It is difficult. Amen. Things do not always go perfectly. Things do not always go perfectly in any relationship. Fighting will okay. Fighting, disagreement will okay. Whether you like it or not. It takes 100% commitment from both parties to make it a success. Every relationship is hard. Fighting or disagreement will okay. So for that marriage to work, it takes 100% commitment from both parties to make it work. Believe you me, to make it work. 
Some can have challenges of extramarital affairs. Some can have challenges of lying. Some can have challenges of misuse of money. Some can have challenges of, 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 of procrastination. Some can have challenges of um, uh, what ineffective sexual performance in bed. Some can have challenges from lack of cooking well for the man to eat. I mean, all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. But for it to work... There is no magic formula. The magic formula here is that the two people in the marriage get to be committed to make it work. Then it will work. So for the father, it is working. That's not mean they don't have their challenges. But they have 100% committed to make it work. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.